Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 211, episode 211 of The Informed Catholic. Before we begin, uh, if you like what I do, please subscribe and share to my podcast. It would be a great help. It would uh, let Spotify and Anchor and all the other podcast platforms to keep distributing my podcast, and it will also encourage me to, me to uh, keep making it. So uh, let's begin with our Advent prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <clears throat> be comforted, be comforted, my people. Your salvation comes quickly. Why with grief are you consumed? For sorrow has stricken you. I will save you, fear not, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. Drop do you heavens from above and let the clouds rain the just one. O God, who gladdens us by the annual expectation of our redemption, grant that we, who now receive with joy your only begotten Son as our Redeemer, may behold him without fear when he comes as our judge, even the same Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. All right, so this is the opening antiphon for Tuesday of the second week of Advent. It's from the antiphon is from Zechariah chapter fourteen, five, verse five to seven. Behold, the Lord will come, and all His holy ones with Him, and on that day there will be a great light. O God, who have shown forth Your salvation to all the ends of the earth. Grant, we pray, that we may look forward in joy to the glorious nativity of Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 1 to 11. God consoles his people. Comfort, give comfort to my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her service is at an end. Her guilt is expiated. Indeed, she has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the rugged land shall be made a plain, and the rough country a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see, shall see it together. For the mouth, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. I answer, What should I cry out? All flesh is, is grass, and all their glory like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower wilts. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, so then the people is the grass. Though the grass withers, the flower wilts. The word of our God stands forever. <clears throat> Go up unto a high mountain, Zion, herald of glad tidings. Cry out at the top of your voice, Jerusalem, herald of good news. Fear not to cry out and say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. Here comes with power the Lord God, 
who rules by his strong arm. Here is his reward with him, his recompense before him. Like a shepherd, he feeds his flock. In his arms, he gathers the lambs, carrying them in his bosom and leading the ooze with care. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The response psalm is from 96, Psalm 96, 1, 2, and 3. The Lord our God comes with power. The Lord our God comes with power. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Announce his salvation day after day. The Lord our God comes with power. Tell his glory among the nations, among all the peoples, his wondrous deeds. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. He governs the people with equity. The Lord our God comes with power. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and what fills it resound. Tell the, the plains be joyful and all that is in them. Then let all the trees of the forest rejoice. The Lord our God comes with power. They shall exult before the Lord, for he comes for he comes to rule the earth. He shall rule the world with justice and the people with his constancy. The Lord our God comes with power. <clears throat> alleluia, alleluia, the day of the Lord is near. Behold, comes, behold, he comes to save us. Alleluia, alleluia. The day of the Lord is near. Behold, he comes to save us. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, What is your opinion? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety and nine in the hills and go in, in search of the stray? And if he finds it, amen, I say to you, he rejoices more over it than over the ninety and nine that did not stray. In just the same way, it is not the will of your, is, is it not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost? Is it not the will of your heavenly Father that one of these little ones be lost? The word of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> All right. I don't like the New American Bible. Okay, this is the the the, the problem. Uh, with the translation, uh, I was watching a YouTube channel of St. Irenaeus Ministries, and this fellow went through all the different Bibles, um, the big, the good translations, the bad translations. And one of his least favorite is the, the New American Bible uh, put up by the USCCB. And it's just terrible. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, the way it ended here, that's why I had a little trouble. In just the same way, is it not the will of your heavenly father that one of these little ones be lost? I mean, it, it. you know, sometimes the wording is just bad. That's why the two Bibles I will stick with is the Revised Standard Version, 2nd Catholic Edition, the RSV, 2nd Catholic Edition, and the Douay Reims. The Douay Reims, uh, which is like, to me, the Catholic version of the King James Bible. Um, even that one, the wordings might be a little off, but you know, weird and stuff like that. But I, you know, I'm actually starting to like it. I'm learning really to enjoy it. Um, but 
the NAB, you know, it uses inclusive language and it uses footnotes made by scholars that are just like, they don't, they, they put, they shed doubt whether Jesus said this word or Jesus actually said this. It was the community of Jesus, the early Christian community that put these words into Jesus' mouth. That's, that's not what you want to read. You don't want to read that. You want to read that this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that this is the word of God. You don't want it someone telling you that uh, it's not, and you're silly if you really believe it's the word of God. Why would the bishops put this kind of, I'm going to say it, forgive me, crap in the Bible? And, and not only that, it's bad, you know, it, it, it really doesn't know. Like the translators have a very bad command of English. It's like, I mean, okay, you know, you know, the truth is if you want a king, if you really want a good, a good King James, go, go get a good King James, go get a King James version that the original one, it's, it's not bad. I, I mean, if I was going to go out and get one, I'll get one with the, the, the Apocrypha in it. At least it's the closest I can possibly can to get into a Catholic Bible. But we have some bad, some bad Bibles out there. The NIB is one new American uh, Bible. There's also the, the so-called liberal version of the RSV called the new RSV. And it uses in inclusive language very, very loosely. And then there's also the, the, the Jerusalem Bible, which is not the best. I heard the book of Job is the best one in it. Um, then there's the New Jerusalem Bible and there's the revised New Jerusalem Bible. Like how much more loose can you possibly get? The New uh, New Jerusalem Bible also uses inclusive language. And it does what the Jerusalem, the first one does. It uses Yahweh in place of the Lord. Yahweh, which is the sacred name of God, what they believe, or at least we hope we believe that's how it's pronounced. And they use that very loosely. The revised New Jerusalem Bible, I don't know. I think maybe they got rid of that. It's it's just bad. A lot of bad translation. A lot of them is basically a business. And it basically just uses the, the, the scriptures very loosely uh, or uh, it's more like a, a paraphrase. The, the, the New American Bible does that. It has a very good, a very paraphrase. It gets behind the word in some places. In some places it remains literal. In other places it doesn't. The most offensive thing is in Luke's gospel where they don't say hail full of grace. They use hail highly exalted daughter. And then of course they... Um, the old Revised Standard Version, the first one in the Isaiah chapter where it mentions the virgin birth, it doesn't use the word virgin birth because that comes from the Greek. It decides to go to the original Hebrew where it says young woman or young maiden. And then, you know, the Greeks decided to expand the meaning by saying it means a virgin. And, you know, that's where the prophecy of the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Now, the New American Bible removes the word virgin and goes back to the original Hebrew because he doesn't want to offend the Jews. Now, the problem is you can't, you read that in your Bible, but when you come to mass, the word is virgin. 
You see what I'm saying? Why are you so worried about Jews when Jews read their scriptures in their own synagogue and we're supposed to be practicing the Christian faith in our own churches? It doesn't make any sense. So this is what it means, uh, ecumenical. It means become a pushover. So what are you going to say next? You're going to remove the virgin birth completely from the New from the New Testament or maybe saying that parts where Jesus says that he's God to make the Muslims happy? I mean, this is this is the kind of leadership we have. Unbelievable. It really is. You know, it really it really is very very um troublesome about this. But like I said, there are good Bibles out there. Um there's a new one. <coughs> Excuse me. It's the English Standard Version, and it's called the Augustine Bible. Um, it's literal. I heard it's very, very literal. But the problem is I heard that uh, even though it's, there's, there's a Catholic version of it, uh, it still needs a little bit more work. Uh, you know, they always do this every uh, every now and then. I heard it's done by the uh, Indi the bishops of India, which is, you know, kind of cool, but I'm going to, I'm not going to get it. I mean, I, I think rather wait. I know there's going to be another revision later on to, to fix it because it's not that great. I heard that, you know, the part where it says, because originally it's a Protestant Bible. And then of course they did a, a whole translation for the literal, uh, for the, with the Apocrypha, which is for Catholics. But I think, the bishop, I think it still needs a little bit more work because the part where it says, hail full of grace, it says, hail highly exalted daughter, something like that. The same thing like the other, because they, they have, Protestants have a problem with Mary. So naturally you, you're going to get that part. And the Jerusalem Bible, the new one actually did the same thing. <laughs> you know, it did the same thing. The, now, why would the Amer new American Bible not put in hail full of grace? I don't know. You'll have to ask them. And I heard, originally I heard from another channel, a YouTube channel, that it's because they're loaded with um, with, with some Protestants on there. That's what I heard. All right, let's go to uh, the Wednesday readings, okay? Okay. Now this is the Wednesday um, readings for Advent. Entrance Antiphon, Hebrews chapter... 2 verse 3 and it combines it with uh, 1 Corinthians uh, ch uh, chapter 4 verse 5 interesting the Lord will come and he will not delay he will illumine what is hidden in darkness and reveal himself to all the nations almighty I'm sorry I think it's probably 1 Chronicles I'm sorry it's probably 1 Chronicles Almighty God, who commands us to prepare the way for Christ the Lord, grant in your kindness, we pray, that no infirmity may weary us as, long as, as we long for the comforting presence of our heavenly physician who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the uh, book of the prophet Isaiah chapter 40. The Lord God is almighty and gives strength for the fainting. To whom can you liken me as an equal, says the Holy One. 
Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. He leads out their army and numbers them, calling them all by name. By his great might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Why, O Jacob, do you say and declare, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Do you not know or have you not heard? The Lord is the eternal God, creator of the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint nor grow weary, and his knowledge is beyond scrutiny. He gives strength to the fainting, for the weak he makes vigor abound. Though young men faint and grow weary, and youth stagger and fall, they that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar as with eagles' wings. They will run and not grow weary, walk and and not grow faint. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Responsible Psalm is Psalm one hundred and three. O bless the Lord, my soul. O bless the Lord, my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my beings. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. O bless the Lord, my soul. He pardons all your iniquities and he heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with kindness and compassion. O bless the Lord, my soul. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Not according to your sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. O bless the Lord, O O my soul. Alleluia, alleluia. Behold, the Lord comes to save his people. Blessed are those who prepare to meet him. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Jesus said to the crowds, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is uh, my burden is light. The gospel of the Lord. Pr- praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read to you uh, what I stopped a couple of days ago before the uh, the feast of the Immaculate Conception. This is from the about the early life of Jesus or starting from his mother, the uh, from the moment of the Annunciation, the Nativity, actually. It's from the day Christ died, but it's not the passion story. He stops a little bit and goes to the background of our Lord, uh, starting with his, with, with his mother. So I'll start off, uh, I'll go a little further back for, for some of you, um, when Mary visits Elizabeth. As Mary came up the walk, her kinswoman stood in the doorway, and the young one shouted a greeting to Elizabeth. Elizabeth felt her baby move sharply and was was moved to tears and said, Blessed are you among all women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary was dumbstruck. Elizabeth apparently knew more about this than she. Oh, how privileged am I, Elizabeth said gravely to have the mother of my Lord come to visit me. Hear me now, she said, as the sound of your greeting fell upon my ears, 
The babe in my womb leapt for joy. Oh, happy is she who believed that what was told to her on behalf of the Lord would be fulfilled. In the shading of difference between believing something and being convinced of it, Mary had believed. That is, she had listened well to Gabriel's words, and she understood them and placed credence in them. But every time she thought, I am to be the mother of God, the eight words sounded to her like blasphemous presumption. Now hearing the words of the graying Elizabeth, who had known little Mary almost from the moment of her birth, she was convinced, doubly convinced, because her kinswoman understood more about the divine action into position than Mary did. In reply to Elizabeth's words, a welcome, Mary became lyrical with joy. She held out both hands standing before the doorstep and almost sang, Oh, my soul extols the Lord, and my spirit leaps for joy in God my Savior. How graciously he looked upon his lowly maid. Oh, behold, from this hour onward, age after age will call me blessed. Oh, how sublime is what has been done for me, the mighty one whose name is holy. From age to age he visits those who worship him in reverence. His arm achieves the, the mastery. He routs the haughty and proud of heart. He puts down princes from their thrones and exalts the lowly. He fills the hungry with blessings and sends away the rich with, with empty hands. He takes He has taken by the hand his servant Israel and mercifully kept his faith. As he had promised our fathers with Abraham and his posterity forever and evermore. Many Mary, I'm sorry, Mary remained with, with her old aunt for almost three months until she the day of the birth of John. Then the betrothed girl went home. She was now three months pregnant, and the time of her wedding was close. Then Mary told Joseph that she was with child, but told him nothing else. The shock to the carpenter was incalculable. He had grown to love Mary deeply. And he was as positive as any young uh, he was as positive as any young bridegroom to be that the object of his affections was an in, was innocent as the day old lamb. Mary had been away three months. She returned three months pregnant. She could have told Joseph the whole story. There was no reason for not telling him. The baby was going to need a foster father. And who better than the gentle and pious Joseph? This woman could keep this woman could keep locked within her breast the greatest announcement God has ever made to the world. So Joseph went out thinking about it, worrying about it, asking himself questions. He could marry her and hope that in a small town like Nazareth, the gossip would not think that a six-month baby was, was, remark, uh, was remarkable, or he could divorce her 
in which case he would have to tell the reason. And if she was found to be with child, and he swore that he that he was without knowledge of her, she would be uh, judged an adulteress, and the penalty was stoning, or he could put her away privately, pay to have to have her sent off to a remote place, there to have a baby and not return to Nazareth. The carpenter thought these things over again and again. At least he made up his mind. He would put her away privately. Then th this, he felt, was the merciful thing. He was certain that he would never give his heart to another. His heart was broken. When Joseph had made his decision, <clears throat> sleep came, and in sleep he was visited by an angel who said, Joseph, son of David, do not scruple to take Mary, your wife, into your home. Her conception was wrought by the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This would fulfill a prophecy with which Joseph was familiar. <clears throat> Behold, the virgin shall be pregnant and give birth to a son who will be called Emmanuel which means God God with us. Joseph believed when he was awakened. He felt refreshed, and it is reasonable to assume that he told Mary that he now understood. He was bewildered and happy, and also af afraid of all that was going to happen to him. He took Mary into his home, and he had no relations with her before or after the baby was born. If all this was to fulfill the words of the prophecy, then something was amiss. All Jews knew that the promised king of kings was to be born in the town of Bethlehem, the city of David. In the autumn, Mary was in advanced pregnancy and had no intentions of going anywhere. Life with Joseph had been sweet. She was obedient wife, and his business was in Nazareth, he was he was in she was in secret trembling with joy she could she could feel life moving within her as she lay alongside joseph waiting for sleep to come the older the older women had long since warned her not to travel at this time and no one could coax the young bride to go beyond her little house in the homes of her uh, in, in in the homes of her neighbors At this time, Caesar Augustus in Rome decided after holding a council that an emperor could not get an accurate count of his taxes unless he knew how many subjects he had and where they came from. So he issued an imperial edict that in his domain all subjects were to return to the cities of the fathers of the family there to be counted. He knew that this would work hardship on many. He knew that the economic balance would be upset, but his reply to such criticism was that to prevent people from being counted twice, or not at all. In the case, in the case of transients, each would go to the abode of their fathers at the beginning of winter, then the census could be made. Mary did not want to make the trip.
the normal maternal instincts within her was opposed to this. Joseph told her that they would have to go to Bethlehem, that it was not a matter of discussion. It was the law. By road, they would go south about 90 miles and would pass through the holy city of Jerusalem on their way. This may have mollified Mary a little, for it is doubtful that she had ever seen Jerusalem or Solomon's temple. She sat side sideward on the little gray ass that Joseph used to deliver finished work. Jews seldom took the direct route through Samaria because they believed the entire country was defiled. They traveled by way of the Jordan Valley, along the banks of the river to Jericho, and then turned west toward Jerusalem. Families averaged about 10 miles per day. At, at night, they paid for a little, little, little space in the public rooms of the various inns. When they arrived in, Jeru in Bethlehem, Mary was in labor. Joseph hurried into the inn, which was on top of the cliff facing the shepherd's hills to the east, and while Mary waited outside with the animal, he explained his urgent need. Under Jewish law, cases of this type require the immediate service of midwife, but Mary had made it plain. She was not worried about this. What she wanted more than anything else was privacy. Joseph discussed the matter with the proprietor for the inn. The owner threw up his hands. Did the carpenter understand this, that this town was being bulging with people? Did he know that all the people of the families of David had returned? And they had filled all the homes in the city and had jammed the inn? Were sleeping in streets and, and, and in, out, out in the hills, a room privacy impossible? The carpenter was a silent man. He asked quietly where a man could go with his wife to have a baby. The proprietor consulted his wife. The night was chill. The stars were cold. The shepherds dozed with their cloaks over, the no, no, noose, uh, over their noses. Where the, the stable blow, it was hardly a fit place to deliver an infant, but it would be a warmer than outside and no more guests could be admitted. Even the stable was full of animals on this night, but Joseph and Mary were welcome to that space. I'll end it there. Well, I think I like how I like how he focuses on it. I mean, you know, when you do a little reading and you like, you could listen to sometimes archaeologists on YouTube, and um, you could listen to uh, what they know about what was it like back then, uh, what exactly, um, like, how did the Roman Empire really? rule everything did they uh did they bring soldiers from italy from from rome did they um or did they hire recruited mercenaries uh from the neighboring people like possibly they recruited syrians and uh egyptians to to be in their army they possibly, but we know for most definitely they rule over the Greeks, so they probably had uh, Greek recruits. They probably had um, uh, people from Syria and Babylon recruited in their army. We know St. Paul was a Roman citizen. Uh, his father uh, paid for it. And I think he, supposedly his family were in the leather goods business. So we know that's possible. Now, 
there's a lot of scholars would argue over the census, if the census really happened. Some even argue, did Jesus was Jesus really born during December, during December and January? There's actually an article I have that says yes. You know, a lot of scholars will will put it in their own. They'll like you know, put in their own opinion, and some of them are called like uh, they do critical theory or critical um, historical study. You know, the historical critical theory, and I think a lot of them just do it because they just love to write papers. They're not always going to agree with each other. I mean, if they actually agreed and settled on everything, they wouldn't have to write about this ever again. But there's always going to be scholars that are going to argue just for the sake of arguing. But I think tradition, sacred tradition, wins all the time. I, I like it. I like the way he focuses on it. You know, it actually helps because when you you can use this, meditate on it, read the scripture, meditate on the incident, talk to God on, on the whole on the whole subject, the topic, and talk to God and mix it in with your own private prayers and then say a decade of the rosary. I've done it and actually it does work. You you focus on the incident, like you know, Mary and Joseph, you know, where, you know, walk you know, traveling on the road. Now, the idea that they traveled alone, I don't believe that. No one could travel alone with a pregnant woman. You would have to travel in a caravan with people. And most likely, in my opinion, he doesn't say it in his in his meditation. She probably had family members with her. What's to stop them from having family members with them? I don't believe that they wouldn't have family members. Just because Luke doesn't say it doesn't mean they weren't there. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't she have like a cousin? Why wouldn't they be other people traveling with them? Sometimes people travel in groups as families. It's possible. It's absolutely possible. And I know it because in the Middle East, people always have relatives with them. You think certain relatives are going to let their the young girl who's pregnant travel on her own? No. He wouldn't. And why wouldn't he have had maybe some cousins maybe with him? It's possible. I believe it's possible. Now, it's also a possibility I could be wrong. That it could have been just the two of them. But I, I'm i going to honestly say I don't think so. It's just impossible, I think. You know, it's too dangerous. All right. So uh, let me end it here with a novena prayer to Our Lady of Lords. Novena to Our Lady of Lords. O ever immaculate virgin, mother of mercy, help of the sick, refuge of sinners, comforter of the afflicted. You know my wants, my troubles, and my sufferings. Cast upon me a look of mercy by appearing in the grotto of lords. You were pleased to make it a privileged, a privileged sanctuary where you dispense your favors, where many surf, uh, sufferers have obtained the cures of their infirmities, both spiritual and corporal. I come before, uh, I come therefore with with the most unabounded and confidence to implore your maternal intercession, obtain, O loving mother, the granting of my request through gratitude for, for favors. I will endeavor to imitate your virtues that I may one day share your glory. Amen. And I want to read this here, Novena to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. 
O most blessed mother, heart of love, heart of mercy, ever listening, caring, consoling, hear our prayers as your children. We employ your intercession with Jesus, your son. Receive with understanding and compassion the petitions we place before you today, especially, and here privately mention your special request. We are comforted in knowing your heart is ever open to those who ask for your prayer. We trust to your gentle care and intercession those whom we love and who are sick or lonely or hurting. Help all of us, Holy Mother, to bear our burdens in this life until we may share eternal life and peace with God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, folks. Thank you, and we'll get back together again soon. Amen.